Thank you for listening to the South Metro Ministries podcast. We hope it's been a blessing to you wherever you are. For more information about South Metro Ministries, please visit smmcog.com. Let's take just a moment between you and Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to prepare your mind and to prepare your heart for what He'll do in this service. Father God, we come here today asking you to do something in our hearts and in our lives that only you can. Father, there are people in this house that are facing very serious situations. There are people in this sanctuary today that their hearts are hurting and their minds are restless and they know not where to turn to. And I'm asking you, Jesus, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to sweep across this place, oh God. Touch us from the inside out. From the inside out. If you need anything from the Lord, would you just ask Him right now? Just lift your hands and your voices and ask Him for whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, in this moment, touch our minds, touch our ears, touch our hearts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Lift your hands one more time. I don't know if we can do this, but let's sing this. I need thee. Oh, I need thee Every hour I need thee Come on, you know it Oh, bless me now, my Savior I come to Come on, now we're on it together. Here we go. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every oh, bless me, me now. singing earlier in the worship set that old song came to my heart and as I was singing into my spirit I had to ask myself the question who exactly do we need 
Who do we need? See, the disciples were given Jesus in the flesh. They had the Son of God with them. They walked with them and talked with them and ate with them and taught them. And they lived with the Son of God. But when we sing that song, who are we asking for? Jesus in the flesh? Because today we're not given Jesus in the flesh. We don't get to have the Son of God with us in the flesh to help us and convict us and counsel us and direct us as Jesus did to the disciples. But it was Jesus who told his disciples in the book of John, it is better for you that I go. It's best for you that I leave because if I were to stay here, then I can't send to you another comforter. Which is the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my sin. I to what we need is a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. The answer for this world and all of the troubles and the tribulations, the answer for your life, the answer for your problems is the Holy Spirit to live in us and be with us to encourage us and help us this morning I want to continue the discussion that Pastor Allen began last week on the power of the Holy Spirit and I pray that this morning in our time together that the Holy Spirit would help me to teach you and to better equip all of us in this room to depend more on the power of the Holy Ghost the older I get as a believer in Jesus, the more I understand that I need the Holy Spirit in my life now than ever before. That I can't take one step without the Holy Spirit. That everything I do is ordered by God and of God. It's not me doing it anyway. And if you need anything in your life, you want to lift up your hands to the heaven and say, Father God, I'm a candidate for you to pour out your spirit of power, for you to pour out your spirit of fire on my life and do with me what only you can. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray and believe and with faith expectation we are ready for your word put your hands together love your time hallelujah why don't you high five three people tell them say this is the day that has been designated for you get ready 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 Get ready. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Wonderful job, choir and Pastor Chad.
thank you so much. Can we just tell them how much we appreciate them this morning leading us to the cross of Jesus? If you've got your Bible, you want to open it up to the index in the beginning of the concordance so that we can follow along. We're going to jump uh, various places of scripture this morning, not just one central uh, theme of passage or central theme location to drive us through this morning's discussion. We're going to go from Old Testament to New Testament. And uh, if, if you can't keep up, not a problem. You can take some notes or purchase a CD. If anybody, somebody buy the CD so that when I preach, nobody buys a CD and the CD sales are down. So help us with that ministry, but take some notes as we go along together. Here is the thought that the Lord began to speak into my heart this week. Uh, about the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Many people tend to only reference New Testament scripture when attempting to study more about the Spirit of God. But it came to my learning that throughout the scripture, from cover to cover, that the Spirit of God is not mentioned just in the New Testament. Somebody help me out early in this message. That the Spirit of God is mentioned throughout the entire Bible. As a matter of fact, the Spirit of God is not mentioned just 100 times in Scripture. Not only is it mentioned more than 100, but it's mentioned more than 300 times in Scripture. More than 500 times in Scripture. More than 600 and 700 times in Scripture. The Bible tells us when you read it that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, from the Old Testament all the way to the book of Revelation, is mentioned over 800 hundred times in your Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but if God put it in there one time, it's significantly important. If he put it in there two times, he's trying to get your attention. But if he has to write something over 800 times, hello, we ought to pay attention to what it means to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Genesis chapter 1. When you begin to read Genesis chapter 1, you don't get very far until you see the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit introduced into our reading. Chapter, uh, verse number 2 of chapter 1. The earth was formless. It was empty. And darkness was all over the surface of the deep. And the what? Good. The what? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We get two verses into this thing, and already we are introduced to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, there is a Greek word that is used to define or describe better the Holy Spirit. That word is the Greek word ruach. Ruach simply means wind or breath or violently exhaling a blast of breath. Ruach, Ruach, Ruach. I like that word. In Old Testament times, we see that the Ruach, the Spirit of God, would often descend upon the people and then would later depart. Uh, we see this with Saul, so the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Ruach was with Saul and then would leave Saul. In the book of Psalm, chapter 51, verse number 11, after David had sinned against God with Bathsheba, remember he cried out and he said, Lord, don't cast me from your presence and please don't take your spirit from me. So in the Old Testament, we see that the Ruach would descend upon the people and then would often depart from the people. But we also see in Old Testament study that this Ruach, the power of God, the breath of God, the, uh, the air of God would literally 
equip the people and they would be possessed with this power to do extraordinary things. Let me get my thought together and tell you this, that with the Holy Spirit, with the Ruach, God can take very ordinary people and begin to do very extraordinary things. Somebody help me out. We're going to go a little deeper in that thought in just a moment. But let me give you a better illustration. God can take a nobody, a, a cast out, a B team player, a JV squad player, like a young man named JC. Equip him with the Ruach, the power of the Holy Spirit, to stand in front of over 1,500 people and declare the goodness of God. That is a very ordinary person that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to do something extraordinary. Check this out in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit gave Joseph the necessary skills to rule over all of Egypt. The Spirit of God gave Joshua elite military power. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would oftentimes give the prophets prophetical words so that they could speak into the lives of people. One time, and this is one of my favorite people in the Bible. I don't know why I like him so much, but I just do. But the Holy Spirit gave Gideon a scaredy cat, a fraidy cat. A guy who was hiding out in a wine press, which was a cave, hiding for his life. A guy that was a, well, kind of a, a pansy in a sense. He didn't want to die, so he was hiding. And the angel of the Lord stepped in, equipped him with the Ruach, and led him not only into battle, but into a victorious battle. We see that this breath of God equips people to do extraordinary things. You should write this down for reference later. First Samuel chapter 10, verse number six. These are the words of Samuel to Saul. And he said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy to them and you will be changed into a different person. Now, I like what the English standard version of 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 says. It says that the spirit of the Lord will rush up on you. The spirit of the Lord will ruach on you. Why is that significant? Well, in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2 verse number 2, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as that of a mighty rushing wind. The same spirit of God in the New Testament is the same spirit of God in the Old Testament that told Saul, I will come upon you and you will prophesy. Now let's move to the New Testament. We're hurrying quickly because there's a lot to cover. In the New Testament, the Greek word for the spirit of God is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. It too means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze, or a spirit. Now, if you see in the New Testament, you can flip with me to Luke chapter 1. We see that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. That's why it's so easy for us to turn our attention to the New Testament when we're studying or teaching or learning more about the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 1, we see that Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and verse 35, we see that Mary asked this question to the angel that was standing before her. How can it be, since I'm a virgin, that I'll conceive a child? And in verse 35, the angel answered her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Jesus himself was conceived through the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me still? If you're with me, say amen. When Jesus gave his life for our sins, when he died on the cross, and then when he was resurrected, the Bible says, up from the grave, he arose. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that rolled that rock out of the tomb. It was the power of the Holy Ghost that raised Jesus up from the dead. It is through the power that God can do extraordinary things with those who are willing to say, here I am, Lord, fill me. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 8. We see a very familiar three passages of scripture on the theme of the Holy Spirit. Because you must note that before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, fellas, I want you to wait right here. I don't want you to go anywhere. Because God is going to send to us a, a gift. Now, I want you to hear that word one more time because I'm going to close this message out this morning later on talking about the gift. Wait right here because there's coming a gift and this gift will be the Holy Spirit. And fellas, you don't know this now, but you're really going to need this gift. You're going to need the gift of the Holy Spirit because what I'm asking you to do is something that nobody can do without this gift. You can't do this on your own. You, you won't be able to accomplish this task. There's no way that you'll be able to achieve this feat without this gift. So don't even attempt to do it by yourself because if you even take one foot forward, you're going to fall flat on your face. But if you wait right here, if you wait right here and you receive this gift, then you'll be able to spread this gospel. You'll be able to fulfill the great commission. You'll be able to go and preach the gospel and thousands upon thousands of people will be saved. Aren't you glad that they waited for that gift? Let me tell you why you ought to be glad they waited for that gift because you and I are sitting in a church today and there's churches all around this globe that are proclaiming the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People are coming to know him. People are getting delivered from their sins. People are getting set free from the things that they've been bound to all because these men actually listened to the words of Jesus and they waited for the gift, which was the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me read it to you. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now go to verse number eight. And you will receive power. Are you with me? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right, pause, time out. Let me give you the meat of this message. This is the heartbeat of this word. You and I, we need the Holy Spirit in our life, okay? We need the Holy Spirit in our life now more than ever. The Holy Spirit is not a matter of salvation, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment, but it is another gift. And I don't know about you, but anytime there's another gift, I want the gift. Are you with me? Okay. You need the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because it is the Holy Spirit that produces the power 
for you to do what you think you cannot do. It's the Holy Spirit that produces inside of you the power to overcome the traps of the enemy. It's the Holy Spirit which equips you with his power that will enable you to live a lifestyle of not, you know, habitual sin, but a life of freedom and joy and love and peace, etc. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost because you and I, we need the power. Somebody wrote a song about that one time. It went, I got the power. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't about the Holy Spirit, but it should have been. You need the Holy Spirit because we need the power. Here's what I want to do this morning. A few more minutes together. I want to give us a biblical understanding on two things. One, who exactly is the Holy Spirit? And then two, what role does his power play in your life and mine? A lot of people are unaware that there is even a Holy Spirit available. And a lot of people don't understand that they can possess power to be more than conquerors, to be overcomers. That's how we maintain this relationship with Jesus. So first off, I believe it's important for you to understand that the Holy Spirit is not an it. You hear people all the time say, well, it's leading me to do this or it's telling me I need to do this or it. No, 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 no. It's not an it. It is a he. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit is the third person of God in the Trinity. Very literally, the Holy Spirit is God in spirit form. Jesus himself referred to himself as the Holy Spirit. There's a better definition of what the Holy Spirit is or who the Holy Spirit is. In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, I believe you'll see this on the screen. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, comforter, advocate, paraclete. You with me? To be with you forever through the spirit of truth. Now, I like this part right here. The world cannot accept him because they neither see him nor do they know him. But you, oh, you know him. You're aware of him for he lives with you and he will be in you. What does that mean for you this morning? Well, first you get to understand who he is. Okay, but secondly, you get to understand that he will live inside of you and he will fill you and he will be with you so that when your world begins to fall apart, when all hell in your life breaks loose, when you get the worst news of your life, when the bank account is dry, when the family is falling apart. When the doctor's report is not what you wanted to hear, when he says to you or she says to you, I don't love you anymore, it's over. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will step in on the scene and he will surround you with a supernatural power to hold your head up high, not to hang your head in defeat, but to put one foot in front of the other. And when all of the world says to you, you ought to throw in the proverbial towel, you ought to call it quits. If God really loved you, then why would all of this happen? But when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't throw in the towel. No, 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 no. You begin to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. You get to show love and peace 
and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's why you need the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. Let me tell you, church, it's an honor for me to preach in this pulpit. And I don't take this responsibility lightly. I promise you that. These aren't my words, but the words that God has given me to speak to you. And I have processed these words and prepared these words and prayed over these words. And this morning about 5 a.m., I woke up feeling really spiritual. So I went to Waffle House. You ever want to know why you need the Holy Spirit in your life? Go to Waffle House at 5 a.m. and look around. And I was sitting in Waffle House just writing on some of these notes here. And I flipped the page. And I looked on the back and saw that my son had written on my notes too. And then I realized his content is so much better than mine. But I began to write on these notes just some different thoughts that the Holy Spirit was giving me. Let me just speak transparently for a moment. When I survey the churches around this globe, one thing that I get so discouraged at and frustrated at is that so many churches are refusing to accept the need for the Holy Spirit. So now, Don, what we have is we've got seeker sensitive churches. Let's be so careful. It's okay. We don't want to offend anybody. Let me tell you, you're offending them by not telling them. There's something more in this thing called faith than just going through the motions. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm not here to, you know, belittle or make fun of or reject any other type of denomination or movement. It's not about that. But you know why South Metro is South Metro and what makes it so exciting and contagious is because we are a church filled with the Holy Spirit. When people come into this church, why do they keep coming back? You think they come back because you look good or because I wear a bow tie? Come on. No, 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 no. Because they're experiencing something they've never had before. Are you with me? It's like the first time Lakeland ate real food out of that baby poop food that they got. When he ate the real stuff, he wanted more. He didn't want to go back to the baby food or the formula any longer. No, 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 no. They get a taste of something and it whets their appetite and their palate. And they thought, I've never experienced this before. Now, I don't understand it. And that lady beside me, she was going like that. It was a little weird and crazy. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that they need in their life. They need it. Now, here's another trend that I see moving. Okay. Pastor, if I'm wrong theologically, you can correct me, but I do have my Bachelor of Science in Pastoral Studies. <laughs> Shameless plug. Here's the deal. Now we see believers in churches that they believe in the Holy Spirit, but not so much the tongues thing. I sat with a young man not too long ago who I have prayed for for years and years and years that God would fill him with the Holy Spirit, with the gift of tongues. Hey, I don't know why it happens faster for some than it does for others. 
I, I, don't, I don't understand that. But at the same time, I'm not God, and you all should be thankful for that. But now what he's done is, instead of being still and knowing that he is God and that it will happen, what he's taught himself or heard others say is, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't even need to speak in tongues. When I read the scripture, especially in the New Testament, I see that the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit was the gift of tongues. Are you with me? I believe in the prayer language. I believe in the need to be uh, equipped with the power and the gifting of speaking in another tongue. I believe it is a necessity for a believer. But hear me. We've got a lot of Christians who all they do is speak in tongues. And they don't operate in any other gift. They don't operate in any other fruit. They don't operate in any other power of the Holy Spirit. So all they do is they walk around with goo goo, gaga, la la, mom. Are you hearing me? There is a maturity as a believer that we go from one place to another. I'll never not be given the gift of tongues. It'll never be taken away from me. But at the same time, there's more to this thing called the power of the Holy Spirit than me just speaking in babble that you can't understand. Are you following me? So now we've got a lot of Holy Ghost filled believers that all they're doing is speaking in tongues, but yet they go to lunch after church and they cuss out their waiter. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, not only are you given the gift of tongues, but you're given the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. There's more to this thing than just speaking in tongues. No, 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 no. Your whole life should line up as evidence that you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody put your hands together and give God praise. My goodness got enough folks walking around talking in tongues and not enough Christians demonstrating the fruits of the spirit. Got a lot of tongue talkers. And yet when one storm blows in, they're like, Oh, what was me? I can't believe this. Why is this always happening to me? God, can't you pick on somebody else? Right? They'll come in here and shakalala all day long. And then they get out in the world and the enemy attack them. And they're like, Oh, you know what? This ain't worth it. I throw it in. I quit. Did you see me catch that? the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I've seen the power of the Holy Ghost do some amazing things. You remember in the olden days <laughs> when the church used to have pews? Anybody remember the pews? I've seen Holy Ghost filled preachers walk on top of the pews. Anybody with me? Yeah. See, we need the power of the Holy Spirit so that it is evidence in our lives of the working of God so that others could know that, hey, not only is it available, but I need it. What do I mean? Here's what I mean. We've got a lot of Christians that are bound and held captive to the very same sins that lost people are. It shouldn't work that way. When we're possessed with this power, there is freedom through the name of Jesus. We, we've got Christians who they have literally allowed their prayer life to flatline. Beep. It's flatlined. 
They feel like when they pray, their prayers hit the ceiling and they bounce right back down. But when you're filled with the power, you can pray with authority. You don't need some preacher to preach you into happiness or some type of tickling on the back of your neck. No, 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 no. When the going gets tough, the Holy Spirit starts moving in your life. You can bind the devil. You can cast him out of your affairs. You can rebuke him from your family and you can walk in freedom. We see Christians who are so afraid of everything. They lack faith. They don't trust God. We have Christians who, yes, they believe in Jesus, but their lives demonstrate no real power. Yeah, believe in Jesus. Let me, let me, let me hear me, please. There's so much more to this faith life than just believing in Jesus. He equips you with the power to be an overcomer. You have Christians who don't enjoy life. They walk around looking like they've sucked on a lemon all day long. There's more. And what's more is this gift. Nelson, can you help me? I want to show you an an illustration that the Lord gave me last summer. And if you can, if you'll just bring both of those things on the stage so that maybe the cameras can help to pick this up. Earlier, I told you that the gift of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit is not a salvation issue. In my opinion, and through what I see in Scripture, it's not a matter of if you're not equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit, can you bring it up here for me? Then you're going to hell. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but... I don't believe that a man of faith like Billy Graham, I'm not sure if he's spirit-filled by way of speaking in tongues, etc., and so on, but I highly doubt that he's going anywhere but up. Are you with me? It's not a heaven or hell issue, all right? But it's kind of like this. On the stage, will you sit on the corners right there so that they can see you just a little better? We have two... How come it was only ladies that answered? Gentlemen, these are vacuum cleaners. They're used around the house. They are unisex as well, meaning both genders can operate these. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to win some friends, ladies. Help me out, ladies. Come on. Next time I preach, I will bring a dishwasher. By the end of this thing, everybody's home will be so clean inside and out, all right? We've got two vacuums. There is no questioning what these objects are, correct? If I were to try and explain to you that this was not a vacuum, but rather it was a lamp, you would think that I was crazy and uninformed and miseducated. We know based on uh, their design and their components that both of these are vacuums. They're both vacuums, okay? When a believer comes into the kingdom of God, now I'm not preaching once saved, always saved, because I believe that you can turn your card in, your Christian card in, and walk away from your loving relationship with Jesus, just like I could turn away and walk away from my wife. Are you hearing me? But that's another sermon for a different day. But when you come into a relationship with Jesus, and you confess your sins, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you become a vacuum. No, a Christian, right. You become a Christian. 
Now, there's no denying that when you accept Jesus in your life, that you are a Christian. When you repent of your sin and you turn from your wicked ways, right? You acknowledge that he is Lord. You accept him into your heart. Confess with your mouth, etc. You become a Christian washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are there any Christians in the house that are thankful for the blood of Jesus? Okay. But here's the deal. Here is a Christian much like that Christian. The problem with this Christian is that they've accepted one gift, but not the other. So when Nelson, our handy facilities manager here at South Metro, is responsible to turn the vacuum on, nothing happens. It cannot operate to its fullest capacity until it gets... Plugged in to the power source. All right. Some of, some of y'all are slow this morning. You ain't, had your, you ain't had your Waffle House coffee yet, so I'm going to help you out. This vacuum is a vacuum. But it does not work because it has no Somebody ought to stand on your feet right now and give God praise because that's good preaching. This vacuum is a vacuum. What makes this vacuum different? What sets this Christian apart? Not that they're any better, but now it possesses power. And when I ask my brother right here to vacuum the stage, he flips the button. He ain't never been so handy in his life. All right, flip it off. Now it's got the power to do all that it needs to do and become all that its inventor created it to become. Somebody help me out. It's not a matter of heaven or hell, but it's a matter of do you want the power to do what God has equipped and called you to do? If you want the power, you want to lift your hands and say, give it to me, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Both of these men are available to clean your home for $19.95 per room. Holy Spirit wants to fill you. The power of the Holy Spirit wants to direct you and comfort you and counsel you and convict you and empower you. And He's available. I, I remembered this thought earlier this week that when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you or baptizes you, you receive power. That was Acts chapter one, verse number eight. This word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. The Greek word dunamis means a force, a miraculous power, the explosive power of God. Interestingly enough, we get our English word dynamite from the Greek word dunamis. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will baptize you. He will fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and you will have the explosive, electric, eruptive power of God in your life. 
Let me tell you, if there's anything that scares the enemy more, it's a Christian who realizes that there is another gift, and this gift is the gift of power, and they become an explosive, electric, eruptive force for the kingdom of God. He wants to give you the dunamis power so that you can take with you all that you need to overcome the enemy. Uh, Pastor Chad, if you will come, I'm not done, but it helps to make you think I'm done. And I learned that from the greatest pastor in the world, Pastor Alan Matura, right there. A few minutes and we're out of here. So what exactly does the power of the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Four very quick thoughts that I, I hope are simple and applicable to your life and to mine. Four qualities that the power of the Holy Spirit will give all believers. Number one. When you have the power of the Holy Ghost, you're able to boldly share Christ. Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, this is the Apostle Paul writing, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. The Apostle Paul was saying, Look, I don't speak eloquently I'm not that educated I'm not the greatest candidate for this position but through the power of the Holy Spirit I'm given the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on JC's wisdom or JC's education or JC's knowledge etc but only on the wisdom of God's power let me ask you a question. And again, this came to me at Waffle House, all right? When is the last time that you have shared Christ boldly with an unbeliever? It's rhetorical. Don't answer aloud, okay? Some of you might be having a proud moment thinking, well, this week I shared. No, no, no. Hear me. When's the last time that you, I'm not asking when did you bring them to church? When did you lead them to Christ? When's the last time that out in public you felt a burden for somebody's soul who did not know Jesus and you stopped whatever it is that you're doing and said, can I pray with you? Can I tell you about Jesus? Do you know the Lord? See, we, we get so timid and so afraid. I don't know what to say. No, you don't. And you may not know until you open up your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you. I think that we would be so much more convicted about preaching the gospel of Jesus. Hear me. God didn't just call Alan Matura. God didn't just call J.C. Worley or Daryl Fowler or Jeff Merriman or any other pastor in this room. He called you to be a carrier of the cross. He called you to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. Well... I'll do that when he tells me. He is telling you, people get ready. Jesus is coming. When's the last time you led somebody to the Lord? In just a moment, you'll leave here. Some of you will go home and prepare a meal. Others of you will go out for lunch. Some of you may have some plans tomorrow, but guaranteed is this. You're going to come in contact with somebody that doesn't know Jesus. 
you're going to come in contact with somebody that they don't understand the fullness of God. They don't get what you get. And God's going to speak to your heart through the Holy Spirit and give you the power to share the love of Christ boldly and unashamedly and not fear what they might say. The worst that could happen in that situation is they say, I don't want to hear it. No, thank you. But at least you did your part. What if God, am I the only one that believes in divine appointment? That God could set you up to be in that person's life for that exact time to speak into their heart about the love of Jesus? What am I the only one that shops at Walmart and comes across the cashier that isn't happy with her job? And instead of telling her about Jesus, we get frustrated because she's not picking up the pace. Are the only one that eats out at restaurants and gets a server who's so kind in their heart and yet you think you're there for an appetizer but yet God set you there so that you could speak into their life it's through the power of Christ that you can share Christ boldly what about your neighbors who you've lived next to for the last few years And when they first moved in, you were so aggravated and irritated at their kids who never shut up. But I wonder if God allowed them to move into that neighborhood, to put them right next to you, a believer, so that one day you could go next door and say, listen, we've been friends for some years, but there's something I've not told you. What about your family, your sons, your daughters, your husband, your parents? It's your responsibility. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can share Christ boldly. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does through his power is the Holy Spirit will help us when we are weak. There will be moments, church, and you've already experienced this, that in your walk with Christ, you will feel spiritually weak, emotionally weak, mentally weak and physically weak and feel like I can't do this any longer. I'm not capable. I, I can't make it. It feels like this war is against me and I'm calling it quits. But Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. What about when you're weak? Who will help you then? It is the Holy Spirit and his power that will help you. I love this passage of scripture. Write it down for time's sake and reference later. It comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9 and 10. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, I am made strong. Number three, a third quality that the power of the Holy Spirit gives you is to have hope when you're hopeless. In the moments, as I said earlier, that there's a death of a loved one or tragedy hits your family or financial crisis takes over or there's some pain or hurt or the test results, etc. When 
you're faced with a circumstance or situation that seems hopeless, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit steps in to give you hope. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you get hope when you are hopeless. And fourth and final, to experience all the fullness of God. The power of the Holy Spirit is a quality that will allow you to experience all the fullness of God. Fullness means completeness, richness, every last detail. Stand with me as I read this. Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the saints to grasp. Here it is, the fullness of God. The completeness of God. The richness of God is outlined right here in Ephesians chapter 3. Verses number 16, 17, 18, and 19. To grasp how wide and long. And high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Listen. There is another gift. And this other gift is the fullness of God. Many of you know part of my testimony but when I was a teenager my father passed away from a massive heart attack unexpectedly and it took him just like that as an adolescent there were a lot of questions in my mind and in my heart anger hate bitterness towards the Lord and the church and I used my father's death death as an excuse to completely stop coming to church and following the call of God that was prophesied over my life while I was still in my mama's tummy. But as I got saved and rededicated my heart to the Lord and really became passionate about doing the will of God, the Lord so thankfully restored so many great memories of my wonderful dad in my life. And I'll share just one of those stories with you and I apologize for any emotion that I might demonstrate, but 20 years later and I still miss that man but I remember as a kid maybe 8 or 9 years old living in the country with my mom and dad we lived in Dover, Florida which is a small small little town outside of Plant City, Florida we lived on an old windy dirt road called Feetsway Road we were one of the last houses down the dirt road now, I remember when I was about eight or nine, there were a few friends that I had made, you know, on that dirt road. And we didn't have a subdivision, but there were houses sporadically. And me and a couple of the guys, we became pals and we would play together. And I remember leading up to Christmas, all of the guys on our road, they wanted a new bike. 
And I remember running home and telling my mom and dad, I want a bike, I want a bike so bad, I want a bike. It reminded me, mom, of how Lakeland was this past Christmas when he didn't want just a bike, but he wanted a red bike. The only time I almost lost my salvation was on Black Friday at Walmart trying to get that kid a red bike. I want a bike, mom. I want a bike, dad. And I remembered them blackmailing me to behave for Santa Claus or I wouldn't get the bike. And I remember waking up on Christmas morning, running down into the living room and seeing that Christmas tree and seeing my mom and my dad and my sister. And all of these presents that were there under the tree and I knew that this morning I was going to get a bike. I was going to get this bike. It's what I wanted. But one present after another that we opened and it wasn't a bike and it wasn't a bike. And I remember as a kid trying to pretend like I was happy, but on the inside, I was so disappointed because I really wanted this bike so bad in just moments, my friends would be driving down the dirt road on their new bikes. And where was my bike? And we opened up all of the gifts and my mom told my sister and I that it was time to clean up. And my mom said, son, are you okay? And I said, I'm, I'm fine. I love it. It's great. Merry Christmas. And we were picking up the wrapping paper and putting it in the trash bag and putting our new toys and clothes and stuff, you know, into our rooms. And finally we got everything picked up and I was sitting in my room and tears began to roll down my face because I was so disappointed that I didn't get this bike. I had done everything that I thought that I should do in order to get the bike and I didn't get it. And I walked back down into the living room and I'll never forget my father standing at the glass doors and he said, JC, I said, yes, dad. He said, there's one more gift, son. Man, at eight years old, I stood up tall. I knew that I had made my daddy so proud that he had done whatever it would take. We didn't have much money, but he would get me that bike. And I remember walking out into the front yard and there in the very front of our yard, right outside of those sliding glass doors, standing in front of me was the most beautiful blue go-kart I had ever seen in my life. And my dad got down on one knee and he looked at me in the face and he said, son, all your friends are getting bikes, aren't they? Yes, sir. And he said these words that I promise I'll never forget. He said, JC, you're not like everybody else. Church, we've got too many Christians content with riding the bicycle of faith. When God has called us to understand we're not like everybody else, we're equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. Get on your go-kart and go for the ride of your life. You need the infilling of the Holy Ghost to overcome everything the enemy is going to... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands in this place if you can. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, just for time's sake, right where you are, lift your hands as high as you can get them. We've got just a couple minutes at best here, but God can do more in one second than we could do collectively in all of our lifetimes. I don't know what to do. Scripture teaches us. That if you want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, all you have to do is ask. 
ask for it. So right now, in your own way, I'm not leading you in this corporate prayer. This is personal between you and God. He's given me the words through his holy word to set you up for this moment. Lift your voice, lift your hands, and begin to cry out. If you want the filling of the Holy Ghost, say, I want your power in my life. I want your power. I want your power. Holy Spirit, move from the front to the back. One, two three the ruach of god the pneuma of god the breath of god thank you jesus come on lift your hands and your voices thank you for listening to this podcast for more information visit smmcog.com